The following is a production from Role Playing Public Radio. Slangdesign.com slash RPPR. time had escaped Grignor. When a person is deprived of the sun, moon, and stars, he loses all conception of time as he had previously understood it. It seemed as if years had passed, if time were being measured by terms of misery and mental anguish, yet he estimated that his stay had only been a few days in length. He has slept three times and had been fed five times since his awakening in the crypt. However, when the actions of the body are restricted, its needs are also affected. The need for nourishment the need nourish, nourishment net, and slumber are directly proportional to the functions the body has performed, meaning that when free and active, Grignor may become hungry every six hours and witness the desire for sleep every fifteen hours, whereas in his present condition, he may encounter the need for food every ten hours and the want for rest every twenty hours. All methods he had before depended upon were extinct! Extinct! and the dismal pit. Hence, he may have been in prison for ten minutes or ten years. He did not know, resulting in disheartened emotion deep within his heart. The food, if you can honor the moldering lumps of fetid mush to that extent, was borne to him by two guards who opened a portal at the top of his enclosure and shoved it to him in wooden bowls, retrieving the food and water bowels from his previous meal at the same time, after which they threw back the bolts on the iron latch and returned to their other duties. Since deprived of all other means of nourishment, Grignor was impelled to eat the tainted slop in order to ward off the pains. Pangs. 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 
of starvation, though as he stuffed it into his mouth with his filthy fingers and struggled to force it down his throat. He imagined it was that which had been spurned by the hound station at various segments of the palace. There was little in the barren vaults that could occupy his body or mind. He had paced out the length and width of the enclosure time and time again and tested every granite slab which consisted the walls of the prison in hopes of finding a hidden passage to freedom all of which was to no avail other than to keep him busy and distract his mind from wandering to thoughts of what he believed was his future he had memorized the number of strides from one end to the other cell and knew the exact number of slabs which made up the bleak dungeon numero numeros new more Aris schemes were introduced numerous 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 well it yeah numerous schemes were introduced and alternately discarded in turn as they succored to unravel to him no means of escape which stood the slightest chance of success anguish continued to mount as his means of occupation were rapidly exhausted Suddenly, without no tithe, tithe, he what he was routed, was routed from his contemplations as he detected a faint scratching sound at the end of the crypt opposite him. The sound seemed to be caused by something trying to scrape away at the granite blocks. The floor of the enclosure consisted of the sandy scratchings of something like an animal's claws. Grignor gradually groped his way to the other end of the vault, carefully feeling his way along with his hands ahead of him. Within a few inches from the wall, a loud penetrating squeal and the scampering of small padded feet reverberated from the walls of the roughly hewn chamber. Grignor threw his hands up to shield his face and flung himself backwards upon his buttocks. A fuzzy form bounded to his hairy chest, burying its talons in his flesh, while gnashing toward his throat with its grinding white teeth. Its sour, fetid breath scorched, scorching, scorching the squirming barbarian's dilating nostrils. Grignor! Grappled with the lashing flexor muscles of the repugnant body of a gargantuan brown-hided rat, striving to hold its razor teeth from his juicy jugular as its beady gray organs of sight glazed into the flaming emeralds of its prey. Taking hold of the rodent around its lean, growling stomach with both hands, Grignor pried it from his crimson-rent breast removing small patches of flayed flesh from his chest in the motion between the squalid black claws of the starving beast. Holding the rodent at arm's length, he cupped his right hand over its frothing face, contracting, 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 contracting his fingers into a vice-like fist over the quivering head, retaining his grips on the rat, Grignor flexed his outstretched arms while slowly twisting his right hand clockwise and his left hand counterclockwise 
motion. The rodent let out a tortured squall, drawing scarlet as it violently dug its foam-flecked fangs into the barbarian's sweating palm, causing his face to contort to an ugly grimace as he cursed beneath his breath. With a loud crack, the rodent's head parted from its squirming torso, sending out a sprinking shower of crimson gore and trailing a slimy string of disjointed vertebrae, snap trachea, esophagus, and jugular disjointed hyoid bone. Hyoid, hyoid, hyoid bone. Morose, purpled, stretched flesh, and blood-seared muscles. Flinging the broken body to the floor, Grignor shook his blood-streaked hands and wiped them against his thigh until dry, then wiped the blood that had showered his face and from his eyes. Again sitting himself upon the jagged floor, he prepared to once more revamp his glum meditations. He told himself that as long as he still breathed the gust of life through his lungs, hope was not lost. He told himself this, but found it hard to comprehend in his gloomy surroundings. Yet he was still alive, his bulging snooze at the peak of marvel, his struggling mind floated an admiral of impressed excellence of thought, plot after plot, sifted through his mind in energetic contemplations. Minutes may have passed in silent thought, or days he could not tell, but he last stumbled upon a plan that he considered as holding a slight margin of plausibility. He might die in the attempt, but he knew he would not submit without a final bloody struggle. It was not a foolproof plan, yet it built up a store of renewed vortexed energy in his overwrought soul. Overwrought soul. Overwrought soul. Overwrought soul. Though he might perish in the execution of the escape, he would still be escaping the life of infinite torture in store for him. Either way, he would still cheat the gloating prince of the succored revenge his sadistic mind craved so dearly. The guards would soon come to bear him off to the prince's buried mines of dread, giving him the sought-after opportunity to execute his newly formulated plan. Groping his way along the rough floor, Grignor finally found his tool in a pool of congealed gore, the carcass of the decapitated rodent, the tool that the very filth he had been sentenced to spawned. When time came for action, he would have to be prepared, so he set himself to rending the sticky hulk in grim silence, searching by the touch of his fingertips for the lever to freedom. Up to the altar and be done with it, wench, ordered a fidgeting shaman as he gave the female a grim stare accompanied by the wrinkling of his lips to a mirthful grin of delight. 
The girl burst into a slow, steady whimper, stooping shakily to her knees and cringing woefully from the priest with both arms wound snake-like around the bulging jade-jade shin rising before her scantily attired figure. Her face was redly inflamed from the salty flow of tears spouting from her glassy, dilated eyeballs. With short, heavy footfalls, the priest approached the female, his piercing stare never wavering from her quivering young countenance. Halting before the terrified girl, he projected his arm outward and motioned her to arise with an upward movement of his hand. The girl's whimpering increased slightly, and she sunk closer to the floor rather than arising. The flickering torches outlined her trim build with a weird, ornate glow as it cast a ghostly shadow dancing in horrid waves of splendor over smoothly worn whiteness of the marble-hewn altar. Have it as you will, female, gloated the enhanced priest as he bent over at the waist, projecting his ape-like arms forward and clasped the female's slender arms with his hairy round fists. With an inward surge of his biceps, he harshly jerked the trembling girl to her feet and smothered her salty wet cheeks with moldy touch of his decrepit dead, dull red lips. The vile stench of the shaman's hot, fetid breath overcame the nauseated female with a deep, soul-searing sickness, causing her to wrench her head backwards and regurgitate a slimy orange-white stream of swelling gore over the richly woven purple robe of the enthused acolyte. The priest's lips trembled with a malicious rage as he removed his callous paws from the girl's arm and replaced them with tightly around her undulating neck, shaking her violently to and fro. The girl gasped a tortured groan from her clamped lungs, her sea-blue eyes bulging forth from damp sockets. Cocking her right foot backwards, she leashed it desperately outwards with the strength of a demon-possessed, lodging her sandaled foot squarely between the shaman's testicles. The startled priest released his crushing grip, crimping his body over at the waist, overlooking his recessed belly, wide open in a deep chasm. His face flushed to a rose-red shade of crimson, eyelids fluttering wide with eyeballs protruding blindly outwards from their sockets to their outmost perimeters, while his lips quivered wildly about, allowing an agonized wallow to gust forth as his breath billowed from burning lungs. His hands reached out, clutching his urinary gland as his knees knobbled rapidly about for a few seconds, then buckled, causing the ruptured shaman to collapse in an egg-huddled mass to the granite pavement, rolling about helplessly in his agony. The pathetic screeches of the shaman groveling in dejected misery upon the hand-hewn granite-laid pavement, worn smooth by countless hours of arduous sweat and toil, a welter of ichor oozing through his clenched hands, attracted the perturbed attention of his comrades from their fetid 
ululations. The actions of this this rebellious wench bespoke the credence of an unheard sacrilege. Never before had a lost maze of untold eons had a chosen one dared to demonstrate such blasphemy in the face of the cult's idolic deity. 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 The girl cowered in this unreasoning terror, helpless in the face of the emblazoned acolyte's rage. Her orchid, tussled face smothered betwixt her bulging bosom as she shut her curled, lashed, tightly hoping to open them and find herself awakening from a morbid nightmare. Yet the hand of destiny decreed her no such mercy. The antagonized pack of leering shaman converging tensely upon her prostrate form were entangled all too lividly in the grim web of reality. Shuddering from the clammy touch of the shaman as they grappled with her supple form, hands wrenching her slender arms and legs in all directions, her bare body being molested in a midst of a labyrinth of orange smudges, purpled satin, and mangled skulls, shadowed in an eerie crimson glow. Her confused head reeled, then clouded in a mist of enshrouding ebony, enshrouding ebony as she lapsed beneath the protective sheet of unconsciousness to a land peach and resigned.